You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Welcome back for another shift on the Geeks Watch. This week we are back talking about Shadow and Bone on Netflix. I'm Mitch. With me is John. Hey. Jessica. Hello. Elizabeth. Hi. And Steven. That's me. Oh, you got to say it this week. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for allowing me this time, Jess. <laughs> I'm sorry. I won't ever do it again. <laughs> yes, you will. Uh, Before we get into the third episode of Shadow and Bone, which is entitled, uh, I don't know, I should have had this up beforehand. What a weird title for an episode. Yeah, it's a weird sentence. (laughs) The Making at the Heart of the World. That's the name of the episode. So uh, get to that. And then, but before that, we're going to get to our week's watch. So as always, Elizabeth, what did you watch this week? So this week... I want to talk about uh, The Prodigal Son. I think I may have talked about it before for Geek's Watch, but Fox announced this week that they are not going to be doing another season. This is it. (gasps) Which makes me very sad because... (laughs) So Prodigal Son uh, stars Tom Paine and Michael Sheen, really is your two main characters. Yeah. Your two leads. Um and they added Catherine Zeta-Jones this season, which I was super excited about. But uh, the whole concept is Michael Sheen was a, you know, star, world-class heart surgeon who also happened to be a serial killer. And his son, played by Tom Paine when he was 10, basically ratted his dad out when he found a woman in the box in the basement. Um <laughs> I think and, that's okay to have done. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And so Sun grows up to be a profiler who gets let go from the FBI because they're like, eh, you're too close. Like, you have too many of your dad's traits. We feel like you might end up becoming a serial killer in this line of work, so you need to go away. And so he returns home to New York City where he joins the, he, well, he becomes a consultant for the uh, NYPD NYPD for the team of the detective that he basically ratted his dad out to who basically had taken him under his wing at the age of 10. Um, And the other half to it is Michael Sheen's character had married into a ton of money. Um, So Tom Payne's character's mother is a very rich New York socialite. And his sister is now a news reporter doing investigative journalism, mostly on murder. So it's this fun cross between a crime procedural and a show talking about how we all become our parents um, <laughs> and not wanting to become our parents. So I, I, always, I thoroughly enjoy it every time we watch it. I, I like it a lot, but Fox has decided it's not getting them enough ratings, I guess. I mean... That's kind of Fox's M.O. If it's not a reality competition show, they don't tend to keep it too long. Uh, I mean, look at Lucifer. Lucifer got canceled. They picked it up at Netflix, went on for like another three seasons. So uh, it's just it's just their M.O. So maybe this will go somewhere else and that'll make me happy because Catherine Zeta-Jones plays the uh, doctor in the uh, mental institution that Michael Sheen's character has been locked away at because he cut a deal saying, oh, he, you know, Oh, I'm just, I'm crazy. I'm not actually a serial killer. I'm just crazy. So I ended up in a mental institution instead of a prison. And she's the doctor. And so he is, his job in the hospital is to clean bedpans for her this season. But he ends up doing more. Doing more because he still has all the skills of being a doctor. And uh, every once in a while she needs, she doesn't need help, but he's implying that she does and he spurts out the answers and stuff like that. 
Yeah. Um, Because he's got this really weird dynamic where he's like, well, I never let patients die. I always upheld the Hippocratic (laughs) Oath when I was dealing with my patients. Like, you don't mix work and pleasure. And it's like, that's not really the way that works. It's not something you're allowed to just turn off. Yeah, I don't don't like that. (laughs) I know because I'm actually pretty sure the Hippocratic Oath has to deal with all people, not just your patients. Well, yes, that's what Catherine Zeta-Jones' character. (laughs) She's like, uh, no, the oath is uh, forever for everything. (laughs) That's that's not the way that works. But yes, so Tom Payne's character, Michael Brighton. Uh, Michael Bright. Malcolm. Malcolm Bright. Malcolm Bright. Sorry, it is early today. Um, <laughs> I have not consumed a sufficient amount of coffee. But Malcolm constantly trying not to be his father, but keeps ending up in sticky situations where he has to call his dad for assistance on the case, like in terms of insight or trying to catch the killer, and then ends up doing bad things, not terrible things. He doesn't ever kill anybody, but like he definitely starts taking steps towards there. And every time he's like, nope, no, 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 I'm not my dad. I refuse to be my parents. Not happening. What if season two was just supposed to be his journey into being a murderer? And and Fox was just like, you know, no, no. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't so much his journey as it is his sister's journey. His, His sister ended up killing someone at the end of his first season. And like he hit it. He he covered it all up for her. So he's. Using his knowledge of all the serial killing stuff to hide crime. <laughs> and well, uncover it at the same time. And uncover it, yes. So, I mean, this is a good tie-in to okay. what the three of you are doing over at Love of Pages right now. You're doing your Sherlock Holmes mm. Uh, mm-hmm. month. and This is another example of the consulting detective. Yes. You know, this is, it's a, it's a very popular procedural crime TV series, yeah. TV show. Like, this is The Mentalist. This is... Elementary, which is Sherlock Holmes, Psych, yeah, all those things. Monk, (laughs) it's all these these detectives that can't be on the force for whatever reason, uh, but are being utilized by the police force because they're very skilled at their job. I mean, to be fair, it would be so hard for them to be able to be on the police force all the time with all the cameras following them. (laughs) (laughs) This is valid. Like, you know, I, just, I, I do like the twist on this one because you do get a lot more with the family mm-hmm. and the family dynamics in a very dysfunctional, like what kind of dysfunctional family does it take to actually raise somebody like this? <laughs> and because like in all Not of those types of shows, really. like they're never, they never grow up in a, you know, loving, stable household. That's not a, not a thing. So it's interesting to see that play out as adults. So, it's prodigal son. You know what would be cool? Hmm. If what? at the end there was like a little stinger, Michael C. Hall appears and says, I'm here to talk to you about the Dexter Initiative. <laughs> it, it does seem like it's the, like the yin wow. and yang to that same thing, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we are getting a revival season of Dexter on Showtime. There you just, go. With, just with none of the other cast for some. It, it's like the Frasier reboot. <laughs> yes. It's like Wait, is that only with uh, Kelsey Grammer? No. Well, so they're having him not be in Seattle anymore. Oh. So I don't see how a lot of those other people just ended up in the same place as he is. Particle <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sun is currently still on Fox at, on Tuesday nights. So if you want to tune in to check that out, you can. Steven, what did you watch this week? I didn't watch a lot this week. I watched a lot of like two things. Okay. Um, so I'm going to choose one of those to talk about. Um, it's, I forget the... It was uh, Startup. Startup. I watched that series. It was formerly a Crackle series oh, and is now okay. on Netflix. Yeah. At the end, at the beginning of every episode, kind of like how uh, at the beginning of Shit's Creek, it does that real obnoxious thing for the other network they were on before mm-hmm. or that they, that they aired on regularly right. before going to Netflix. But um, for this one, I'm assuming Crackle is no longer paying for the making of new seasons. Yeah. I don't uh, think. I, Sony uh, renewed Crackle. I don't think it's a thing anymore. Yeah, as far as I understand that one. Um, so yeah, the, this the series is 
It's a lot all at once. Um, I don't know exactly how they market it, which is normally a lot of what I lean on into thinking about whether I'll watch it or not. But the series, Naima just put it on. And so we were watching it (laughs) and we watched a lot of it. Um, it, It's it's not a series I would have chosen to watch by myself. Um, Like, for example, I chose not to watch any of... Oh man, Breaking Bad, because Breaking Bad is just watching one person and then several people just make bad decisions and then continue to make bad decisions. Yes. Yeah. That's what startup is. Oh, <laughs> I don't think I want to watch this then. <laughs> it's that all the time. Like there, there's there's some interesting bits in there because um, the the main pitch of the series is that there are a couple people who choose to take some money from. Uh, from one character's father who is a money launderer. And so they take some of this money and choose to funnel it into the startup that one of the other characters has. That's supposed to be a cryptocurrency kind of thing. And this cryptocurrency is kind of the starting force for things, but isn't necessarily what has to be there for the rest of it. It seems like somewhere like 75% through the first season, they just switch to crimes happen and there can be a digital component to those crimes as well. And they're just kind of running the gamut of those digital crime parts. Because at one point they switch to the dark web also. Mm. At, at, at a couple different turns, one the character who had the original cryptocurrency startup decides to make a new version of a thing that is already out there and very successful. It's very weird for them to think that they can make a new dark web and a new cryptocurrency (laughs) when they reference, they reference Bitcoin in there. Um, but yeah, I I don't know the, it just seems to be this, this constant war of escalating circumstances in the series. And I don't like that in superhero movies. I don't like that in books. The same thing goes for this, like, drugged up, gunned up soap opera also. Makes Uh-oh. sense. Doesn't so, get a hard recommendation from me, but if you're a person who likes a big drama series, go ahead. It, you know, if your favorite part of watching the OC was that crazy part where they ended up in Mexico and then, and then uh, Marissa died. Spoilers. Go for it. Yeah, it's it's like the first season. <laughs> I don't even, I don't know anything. I never but, watched it. But yeah, if that was your favorite part of the OC, this series is right there for you. Now, did you pick the OC because of Adam Brody? I mean, yes, it helped. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's the main I'm, I'm glad to, in this show, right? Yeah, he's he's one of the the two that are like the main focus of the thing. And uh, I mean, it's got Martin Freeman in it and Ron Perlman, oh, yeah, which That's, is great. I, I take it Martin Freeman is the money launderer. Uh, Martin Freeman is actually playing like a dirty version of his character from the Marvel universe. Oh, he's, he's an, he's an FBI agent. Uh, and he is, he wants to be, uh, he wants to be involved in being on the take because the other people are. Okay. And then he's one of the people that just continuously makes bad decisions. (laughs) Uh, it also has the person who has single handedly done the most dirty by all of the Marvel movies. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the guy that played Darwin. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was in House. <laughs> I always remember him from House. But yeah, so I, I don't know. Um, there's cool names in it. If you've got nothing else and you like the drama, go for it. Cool names? Like, oh, you mean like like actors? Like yeah. Cool na- oh, okay. Yeah. I, th- I thought you meant like the characters' names were cool. <laughs> no, yeah, they're, they're fine. He's using hip slang. <laughs> got it. Got it. <laughs> There's some uh, cool cats in this show, baby. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> I'm really worried. So you have uh, Startup, which I believe three seasons are on Netflix right now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you've you've watched part of the first season. We watched the entirety of the first season. The entirety of the first season. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Are you, now you aren't recommending it, but are you going to continue watching the the other two seasons? I won't, but <laughs> our our household probably will. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good to know. Good to know. Uh, all right. Jessica, what did you watch this week? 
So I've been kind of um, binging, but I've stopped recently, and I'm halfway through the penultimate episode of Invincible. Ah. And I don't know if I can continue, because I think one of the characters just said the stupidest thing ever, and... (laughs) <laughs> it's um this will be a slight spoiler if you haven't watched Invincible, but um it's when Cecil says, you know the only one who can take him out is Mark. <laughs> and I'm just like, have you been watching what happened the last three episodes? <laughs> Where he got his ass kicked like multiple times by significantly easier people than his father. <laughs> I think he said the only one who has a chance. Yeah, who has a chance? I don't like, no, he has zero chance. You think one <laughs> man has feelings? <laughs> but it's like the like, only one that has, like, the indestructible viltrumite body. Yeah. I know, I mean, just be like, well, he, he probably won't die, at least. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess, like, nope. Cecil says that to his mother. <laughs> Obviously, what they need to do is they oh need to get God. Battle Beast in there. Like, he's probably got the closest chance of beating Omni Man. Honestly, but I would also be so happy if if Omni Man was just like, uh, nope, and just like <laughs> made him into two half battle beasts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, when I Battle Beast was destroying Mark, once again, spoilers. Omni Man stays back. I, I think that's not a that's not <laughs> a on purpose <laughs> or not on purpose. No. Yeah, that's that's. That whole episode, I went, oh, God, because Omni-Man's just floating there, just watching his son make the biggest mistake of his life. Just like, I told you. <laughs> so you're saying, go watch, watch, ass, but. watching the episode where Mark was just, like, beaten up so hard was a hard watch for you? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it, it is, and it wasn't. It was just more... I don't know. I guess I've been watching very nice shows lately, and then to get back into like super violent shows again, I'm just like, oh god. And it's not the violence itself; it's the fact that Omni Man just sucks, <laughs> and a few of the other characters just sucks. Then again, that's why it's good. But and there's a lot of good elements to it. I really, really like the relationship between Mark and I'm gonna blank on her name, Amber, his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Is it Amber? Amber. And yeah, the fact that. She knew he was a superhero, but still dumped him because he was keeping it from her for so long. And she gave him so many chances to fess up to it. And he was like, but I'm a suit. And she's like, I know, dipshit. Like, like, that's the point. You clearly don't trust me till you're about to lose me forever. And I was like, you know what? I get it. I get it. Like, that's, I like this. I like her character. I like the twist on it. And Adam Eve is a cool character as well, where she's like, wait, I can actually like help help people, not by destroying aliens, but by just using my powers to stop a drought. Like, <clears throat> yeah, She's literally the most powerful person in the show so far, and they are yeah. not utilizing her to any bit. Like, If you can just no. change things at an atomic level, <laughs> you are pretty powerful. Yeah. yeah. And, and I like that because when she was part of the teen team, whatever that was... Mm-hmm. She didn't seem like the most powerful person. She was clearly the leader-ish, but she just she did a shield thing and a slash. She never really created illusions or built things up from. And later on, you find out, oh no, I can control atoms at yeah. a molecular level. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just had you going shoo shoo and shield. And I was like, okay, this is this is excellent. I I do like like I love the show. I don't want to see what I know is coming because that meme is everywhere of Omni-Man going think mark. And I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I got spoiled from a meme and I'm like, I don't want to see that happen <laughs> quite yet. And then have to wait over a year for the second season. Like. <laughs> uh, well, know that you yeah. got two and three seasons or a second and third season coming. So, oh, okay. <laughs> so they got renewed for a third. Okay. That's cool. But, I don't know. I don't know if I want to wait that long. You know, with all that... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, with all of that being said, I wonder what you would think of Jupiter's legacy. It looks... Like, everything I hear about it makes me not want to watch it. I think I felt the same way for... What was the series that the 
the Eternals series that was on Fox like a few years back? No. Runaways? No, Inhumans? Inhumans. Oh. Inhumans. Yeah. That's what it is. Inhumans. Mm. Eternals is the new movie coming out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was looking forward to that, and then I heard so many people go, eh, about it. So I feel the same way about Jupiter's Legacy. He's very bad. Yeah, it's so and bad. everything it's that so, I, so bad. I keep hearing about like how the comic is like so great. Like people were just craving over that thing, but like the show is so bad. It's so weak. It, was it like 2002 when that comic came out? It looks like it, and it feels like it. <laughs> I, I can't say. I can't. I can't imagine it was 2002, but maybe I don't know. It just. It feels so very well, dated. It's I don't. Late. It, it's very late to the game. Like this yeah. has been done now. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I think even even the comic was in that spot. Not just the series, because the series is very late to the game. It's like trying to make a zombie series now. Yeah. After oh. Kirk, once again, Kirkman already beat everybody to the punch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I I hope that you check back in and tell us what you think uh, through the end of the first season of Invincible, Jessica. Just so you, we can know how you feel about where you stand with all the characters. Mm-hmm. All right. And just go, go watch Ted Lasso if you need to pick me up. Yes. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> watch Ted Lasso. That's the one on Apple TV, right? Yep. Ted Lasso is super cute. <sighs> okay. I'll, I'll eventually get Apple TV, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So Invincible is on Amazon Prime Video. Mm-hmm. John, what did you watch this week? So I finally finished that uh, docu-series on HBO Max called Q Into the Storm. Oh, okay. Uh, that was a fascinating watch. I was really, uh, I want to say I was invested in a lot of what was happening at some point. And I'm thinking, like, this has the makings for, like, an actual, like, pretty cool, like, Aaron Zorkin-style David Fincher movie. Like, this had definite moments. And, I mean, granted, it's all editing and... how it happened in reality may have been a little different and they just kind of played up the tension obviously adding music to certain scenes can give it a different tone um but i was really fascinated by the story and the i guess the revelation that they they put out as far as uh oh for the person responsible yeah um, which I don't want to give away right at this moment, but it was just, I found the whole thing very fascinating, very interesting. A lot of really good, just like psychological uh, displays here. Um, I, the character, well, the character, <laughs> the person um, that they He's focus on. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, like I remember I was eating something. I was like, just kind of shoveling something into my mouth while I was watching this. And there's a certain scene towards the end of the series where the guy who's like the son of the owner of the website, mm-hmm. 8chan, which later becomes 8kun, um, he says, yeah, so like I sing opera and I wanted to sing something for you. And he's like out in the middle of nowhere at night in some field and he just starts singing this deep resonating, I don't know, like song. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I was. Like, I remember thinking, like, what is happening? It was like Pagliacci or something. Like, what the hell? Is yeah, it? It, yeah. It sounded like the Crying Clown or something. It was just like this weird haunting. And I mean, don't get me wrong. It was actually kind of good. It just came out of nowhere, and it seemed to have nothing to do with anything. And it was just like this surreal moment and this already really weird ass like story of things that are happening. That I was like. Oh, there's something not right with this guy. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it was pretty apparent up until that point, but this is like, nope, yep, stamp it. He's he's a he's a loony. He's, but I mean, I guess you'd have to be for someone with that pedigree. I mean, having a father like that and growing up in such a mixed background and just I, he seems like too smart to be normal. There's, he's definitely hiding the crazy deep under the surface, but it's there. Um and yeah, just watching a lot of the events unfold, um, even up to like the capital, like wannabe takeover, basically, mm-hmm. like that's featured in here. Um, and the most telling thing of all is basically how the whole Q thing just kind of shut down, like it just ended. 
Yeah. And I mean, I'm guessing there's still some people that are following it and whatever, but like, what else is there? Like, there's. Well, it, 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 it morphed. It went from like, like a, it, it got to be like a Charmeleon, but then it just changed. And now it's just a Charizard elsewhere. <laughs> See, I would go a step further. I would say this was like a, a Doraemon, and it just became like a sentient refrigerator. Reverse Doraemon is good. Is that, most people are not going to get this one. The future cat is not a common one for people. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I was just really uh, intrigued. It started off a little slow, but I did like how informative it was because this person did his research. Um, and then just the, the weird eclectic cast of characters because, yeah, everybody's a character in here. Um the the exposure, I mean, not like this is anything new, but the exposure of just how awful people on the internet are when like their anonymity is protected is uh, not surprising, just continuously disappointing. Um, people are awful. Humanity is a plague upon this earth, and uh, we definitely need a, a, a more serious plague to help take care of that. <laughs> okay. You, you, you heard it here. Yep. John wished COVID into being retroactively. <laughs> it was me. I had the bet. <laughs> now, uh, with the person that they revealed, or at least semi-revealed, that was Q, uh, as I've been hearing from Twitter and other places, like it was kind of already commonly known amongst people who were already in that space uh who who it was and th- i mean this this documentary obviously make brings it more prominent to people outside of that cir- those circles mm-hmm. do you <laughs> think that this guy was q the whole time or that he just picked up the name after it became popular um that's a good question because they also kind of surmise that in the series uh, right. because they say well there was a very clear change in diction and style um so i'm gonna say probably yeah that this like oh somebody just was larping because that happens all the time that used to happen well i'm sure it still does happen on reddit where somebody will be like this is not a joke i I work with whatever and i have this information and like people will use real facts or real uh things that can be verified to then kind of sneak in some like fabrications or exaggerations of stuff um which is how some of these get like just continuations and permutations. And um, yeah, I think it was probably somebody who was real that just posted some things on there. And because it's anonymous and whatever, there's no way of knowing who it was or verifying the authenticity of it. And he probably saw the uptick um, that this caused and how this could give notoriety and, um, you know, bring more traffic to it, which is primarily what they wanted. And yeah, just, you know, you keep on giving a little bit here and there. You're cryptic enough that it doesn't say anything, but those people who are predisposed to like pour over it will just, you know, come to it and flock to it and just drink it up. Uh, Yeah, it was like a perfect recipe for just a shitstorm of like, you know, Q believers, basically. (laughs) It's interesting to get a documentary that is as in-depth as it is. So close to it obviously it's an ongoing issue and everything so they had time to research things yeah but it's still very weird with any previous events in history like we don't find out we don't have this kind of peace for at least like a decade a lot of times and from personal experience i know that like some of the people who are still ardent believers in the whole Q and on thing will be like, no, this thing is just misinformation. It's just another <laughs> psyop to deflect from the truth and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, whatever. Um, I did want to say, though, I was pleasantly surprised that they referenced Cicada. Uh, 611 or whatever. It, yeah, what it 1301 or something like that, whatever yeah. it is. I remember seeing that a long time ago close to when it first came out and i was like this is cool and i was like oh man maybe it's like so it is some kind of like cia recruitment tool because supposedly <laughs> if you go to the cia headquarters there's like some kind of cipher in their front like area that like if you can <laughs> crack it they're like okay we want you to work for us um 
Great. So now our podcast was, is going to be on certain lists just because <laughs> we're talking about all this stuff. You know what? That means more listeners. So there you go. Hi, yeah. you, hi I, FBI I think, agent. I think you you nailed it, John. Yeah, Cicada uh, thirty three oh one. Okay. Um, so yeah, I thought that was really cool because I remember looking into it when it first came out, and they're like, "There's a hidden image in this thing," and blah blah blah. You figure it out. You go on to the next stage of the puzzle. I was like, "Ooh, cool! I like puzzles." I looked at it, poured over yeah. it, tried to figure out what was the thing there. Didn't even come close. Eventually, it, did, uh, <laughs> I, I followed it closely. When, like when that was going on, it's still going on, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, um, they haven't cracked it fully. It there's so many moving parts to that thing, and at some point, it's just like, well, you were you were you were messing with me with this one. This this one's not real, and you, uh, don't get found done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's very Da Vinci Code ish. Um, there's just like one thing leads to another, leads to another, and it's like all around the world. There were a few others like this that didn't get as much traction where <clears throat> I don't remember where it was. It was some message board. Somebody posted its coordinates and then people would go to those coordinates and they were like all over the world. Um, they would find these weird puzzles. And if you could like figure out the puzzle, it's like one of those, it's like a 3d maze. Basically you have to like move the parts just right. And it unlocks. And then it would have, another clue and that one i don't know if that ever went anywhere but yeah, i think I, it, it i know the one you're talking about it's so you know this one yeah um nope i'm not gonna pull out any more details out of my mind nope <laughs> so anyway yeah i just thought that was kind of cool um you know like ultimately i think that they make a lot of really cool statements about why people believe conspiracies and i'm guilty of it i definitely feel like conspiracy theories are a way of putting order or control into an otherwise chaos uh, environment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, humans by tendency want to predict things in order to have understanding and control, and those that we cannot, then we assign to a higher power, be that some kind of deity, be it, you know, evil spirits, and now be it the shadow government. So basically, it's just a way of trying to make sense of just the chaos that goes on around us and assigning it to something that's, you know, even if it's out of our control, we still feel like we have some control by saying that it's something that's out of our control. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Q Into the Storm documentary is on HBO and HBO Max. And rest in peace, Shock G. For all around the world, same song. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, I was like, what? <laughs> John, in the middle of your, your review there, you said all around the world, and both Steve and myself started thinking of the Humpty Dance song, oh. which is <laughs> sung by Shock, which is rap by like, Shock G, so. <laughs> uh, just needed to get that out there to break up the tension. <laughs> I'll have my oatmeal lumpy just for him. That's right. My week's watch was the second season, or I think they're calling it volume two, Volume two of Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix. I've ah. gotten through six of the eight episodes that they released this week. I have to say, I'm not as impressed as I was with the first season, the first volume. Um, there were so many diverse stories and and diverse like animation in the first season. This season, I feel like the first a uh, handful or at least half of the episodes are kind of they kind of look the same um <clears throat> and i also feel like this time around it's it's more of a showcase of animation as opposed to storytelling uh i wasn't too, i'm not too impressed with the the stories that they're telling this time around uh the first season has three robots which is probably one of my favorite episodes of of the whole show uh, I, I, have, I thought I thought the second season had one of those because the way that they put the seasons, uh, you can just scroll through all of the episodes and it goes backwards. Yeah. So I was expecting more because the previous season was the 18. This one was eight. So I was like scrolling through trying to see which one of the thumbnail things looked the most interesting. And I saw the thumbnail for the last one. I was like, oh, they did one of these again. And I clicked on it and it's like, no, that's the same one. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> uh, so far, I would say the one that I enjoyed the most does animation to look like the old 
was it Rankin Bass Christmas stories, Christmas uh, animation movies? Did you watch Captain Yajima yet? I don't know what that is. <laughs> is that one uh, of the episodes? It was my it was my week's watch, Mitch. <laughs> no, no, I did mm. not. Um, it, this episode is called All Through the House, and essentially, it is two two children, two British children, that wake up Christmas Eve and they hear some noises downstairs, and they go down to meet Santa. And I won't spoil it for you, but it's not Santa. <laughs> Death itself. Not it's it's. I mean, it's it's literally only like I think eight minutes long. It's the shortest one that I've come across yet. So, yeah. um, all yeah, all the episodes range from about eight minutes to eighteen minutes. I think is one of the longest one, longer ones. But I'm not as impressed. Like it, the the animation. Yes, I'm very impressed with that. It all looks amazing in its different ways. But storytelling, I'm just—it's all falling flat for me. Nothing, nothing too mm-hmm. fun or interesting or intriguing. Like there were, a, there were, a, I would say, more than half the episodes in the first season that I really enjoyed storytelling-wise. This one, mm-hmm. not so much. In in the previous one, the thing that I was looking for from this one was something that was along the lines of the one from the last season, where the lady wit- kind of witnesses a murder from like across the street. Or across mm-hmm. two buildings. The witness. Yeah. Yeah, that one was incredible in mm-hmm. animation. And I, I don't I don't want something that's necessarily the same. It doesn't have to be something that's a stylized take on photorealism, but something that was that kind of pushing a boundary for a style. Mm-hmm. You know? Um there's nothing like that in any of the things that I've seen so far from this new season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I poked through to try to find something where I would just be blown away visually, and it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. I, I take it you didn't watch Snow in the Desert yet. No, which is which is this one? Uh, it's it's like the I want to say fifth episode. Um, maybe it's fourth episode, fourth or fifth episode. But it that one has the most photorealism animation in it uh, so far mm. for me. Uh, it reminds the only part that has it has the worst part is mouths. Like it doesn't do mouths right. Like the way that they they animated the mouth looks so uncanny valley or something. Like it just throws me off. But the rest of it looks what, really cool. What's the name of the one with the giant guy on the beach? I haven't gotten to that one yet. Oh, okay, that's the old, that that's one of the ones that I actually watched from this new selection. Yeah. So and that's no spoiler. They don't. They don't play these like in different orders for different people, do they? I can't imagine. Okay, because I was, I'm looking at the IMDb like um, episode order, and it's different than the order that's on Netflix. But I know that IMDb is just put up there by people, so it's not yeah. like it's too regular. I don't know. Anyways, maybe it was like an announced list or something. I don't, I don't know. That could be it. That could be it. Uh, so. If you were a big fan of the first one, I would definitely give you, I would say, uh, watch the second one. But if you're not, then stay away. Whereas go back. If you haven't watched the first one, go and watch the first one. It's, it's, you just go watch, go watch Three Robots. It's cool. Yeah, just go watch yeah. Three Robots. It's, it's a <laughs> so that is available on Netflix. All right. Let's get into talking about more Netflix. Shadow and Bone episode three. I was told beforehand that episode three would be the episode that would get me interested. What? Who said this? Who? <laughs> A friend. <laughs> was was this Naima? Did Naima say this? <laughs> she did not say that last last okay. week when when she was on. Um, but the making of the heart, uh, the making at the heart of the world. Uh, this episode, we are once again introduced to a, yet a new character. Another heart render. Uh, this is a person that is the right hand to General Ben Barnes. <laughs> I can never remember his name. Kerrigan? Kerrigan, thank yeah. you. Yeah, General Kerrigan. Um, but she is taken captive by the people that the Ravica are fighting against. I still don't really understand who is in war with who at this point. And, and everybody's at war everybody's with everybody. So- I guess yeah, that's the one. <laughs> and then I guess I kind of, I kind of in this episode, I kind of came to a realization that I guess I never did in the first two episodes 
uh, with I, I understand that all this Russian iconography that is around, and so these people were supposed to be like a counterpart or analog to Team B in Russian. Is Alina and Mal supposed to be Asian? Are they supposed to be like Chinese? Because yeah, they're they're yeah. part shoe. Yeah, but that's Alina not a looks... real thing. Like that's I know. <laughs> yes. None of them are real. The the, yeah, the people of... that are also Russian corollaries are also Spanish corollaries. I, I understand that, but that's what I'm saying is like yeah. the whole don't change my eyes thing. Like because she's part shoe is that supposed to be a direct correlation to Asians and their you know eyes? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it is. I and then everyone call everyone calls her like half breed mutt the whole time. It's messed up. Yeah. Well, the whole. I don't know. The, the world is messed mud up, blood so. and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. That went yeah. back to Harry Potter. Anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, that's just something that I guess I didn't put. I just I knew she was half breed or whatever the whole time, but I didn't know it was supposed to be a correlation to to Asian. And uh, okay, sure. Is that who they're supposed to be fighting against? No, not mm-hmm. really. It looks like they're fighting against. Uh, Norse people? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think what this is is you're dealing with the Russian history time period in which they are both they are fighting both oh. on the Asian front yes. and on the European front against the Swedes. And that's the problem with Russia throughout all of history. Well, <laughs> they exactly. fight on both sides yeah. and they no, lose. The the whole I, I think the whole concept of this is what ha- what would happen if we put a wall up in the middle of Russia? <laughs> like That's fair. <laughs> disaster would ensue because they've got enemies now on all sides and half of Russia which was pretty typical of the St. Petersburg versus Moscow groups. Mm-hmm. Part of them want, don't believe that they belong anymore to Russia. Yep. And they should be their own state. I, Mitch, I forgive you in every single way possible <laughs> for not putting together all of the tiny, like the, the pieces of things that they deliver in that whirlwind of these first three episodes. Yeah. This is valid. I mean, it's not your fault. There was another part in this episode where like someone just stops and then gives a whole bunch of like (laughs) exploratory dialogue. That's just like, what? (laughs) Why are you just telling this to somebody? Why isn't this like shown in some way? So it was just weird. I don't know. I, I, you're you're missing the most important part. She, she, she did, in fact, get into and sleep in that perfectly nice, fancy bed, completely dirty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, the, the, like, I think there's one thing that's emblematic of my problems with like this whole show. Mm-hmm. They say she needs a bath because they're talking about her face being dirty. She gets in the bath. They never they touch don't clean water. Her face. Never touches her <laughs> fucking face. Rose, I was like, why did you not clean her face? <laughs> Everything in this show is just lip service to an idea, and they move right past it. <laughs> yes. And and apparently, if you're a uh, one of the tailors or whatever people that can heal. You also have hair condition powers. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes. But it only lasts a few weeks, which is just normal hair conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it, it's literally just, well, and I think that's why the general keeps going, no, it's science. It's not magic. It's science. We literally. <laughs> I mean, the. It's magic. The, my, <laughs> it is. But well, science, science is magic. Magic is science. Yeah. Know, right? It's the same yeah. thing. Um, the, the, the part that, that got me about the whole, you need to take a bath is like, the two prior episodes, she was in the battlefield. She doesn't look dirty. Now, I understand that's like in comparison to everybody else, she's just as dirty or at least less dirty because she's a map maker. But like they chunked on the dirt onto her face at the beginning of this episode <laughs> just to prove that she is dirtier than everybody else. And it's like, no, she had hair and makeup those for those other two episodes, too. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't know. I have a hard time with that, but no, uh, I, so th- this this whole episode, I, I I warned everyone before we started recording, I was gonna talk a lot of shit for this mm-hmm. third episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> spoiler for this one, I've already watched the fourth episode. Okay. Um, my, my house my house is want to move forward through episodes, <laughs> um, but uh, the fourth episode is paced better than this one. Through this whole third episode, I was literally like tapping my foot. With impatience and disliking it the whole time. Through that whole part that they have that kind of heist kind of thing. Like they well, I shouldn't say heist. They're they're doing this this whole motion where they have to get that train thing. 
Okay. Yeah. A- yeah. Across. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be like a quirky thing that they're doing here. Like that those those four characters are like this D and D party going around doing things. <laughs> That's literally what they are. Yeah. Like you have all of the ty- the archetypes in there. They're a murder and hobo squad. One hundred percent. Yes. Uh, and then at no point is that whole thing edited or paced well. They don't fully explain any part of what's happening. I felt like I had missed like two episodes <laughs> because they just introduced the concept of this train thingy. They go and use it. There's so many things that break the universe that we've set up with just this one train thing going through there, making those sounds all the time. And then they have the baby goat and he says, no, the baby goat's not to give to the, the, it's not uh, bait, the it's Volcra. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, I actually it's, absolutely it's loved that. You. That was my favorite part because I was like, because <laughs> he was that, like, oh, okay. And he hugs the goat and he feels better. It's just I, the, the whole thing for this guy is supposed to be that apparently he's like 40 steps ahead of everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at no point am I made to believe that he's 40 steps ahead of everything. I don't, I never felt that oh. personally. But See, and I, I felt like, it when I, he made that statement that the goat, no, yes. the goat was for you because you saw previously that he like sized everybody up and looked at Jesper mm-hmm. and was like, and I'm going to need a goat. Freak out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, hmm, you're going to be fine. You'll be fine. You're going to be a problem. I'm going to need a goat. Okay. <laughs> he, he never said baby goat, though. I don't think Jesper would have given a shit about like an old, decrepit, <laughs> adult goat in there. He just said goat. True. Fair. You're, like, you're, you're absolutely I, right. But It makes it sound like it's for something else. And sh- maybe in some way, shape, or form in the developmental stages of this as a book, as a script, or something else like that, there's something lost in translation that didn't give me one little piece that made it feel intended. I, d- I don't know. We needed the I word baby like in there. Just yeah, yeah. there needed to be a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like if they just said like young goat, problem solved. Uh, yeah, I, I, that would have worked. I would still have to say, though, my favorite part of this series so far is that group. Like, <laughs> that, <laughs> oh, the, yeah. what are they called? The Crows? Yes. Or the, yeah. The the heist group is just, yeah. It, it, and you're right. It's a D&D campaign. It's, <laughs> it, it's, but this just also brings up, like, are there people that are skilled in this world? Or has everybody got a uh, Grisha power at some point? Like, his being able to as soon as he calmed down and shoot those ghost shadow flying things out of the air without seeing them, like that's more and than without just reloading skill. and without yeah. reloading. That's more than just <laughs> skill. That's, that's being, that's having magic, a power. Yeah. yeah. It's having magic power. <laughs> I think, I think the conductor said it the best, you know, he's like a lot of it is knowledge of physics and engineering. And then the other part is what we might call divine intervention others would call luck. I think the whole point of Jesper and some of those other characters is that question of where is magic, where is skill and luck? Like, what's what's that line? And I think the whole point is to kind of gray that line mm-hmm. to kind of represent the fact that, like, you know, we may, in that world, they may hate Grisha or certain parts hate Grisha and other parts revere them. But in reality, what's Grisha, what's just a skilled human being? We, we said it earlier, but there's there's a quote from uh, Arthur Clark, Arthur C. Clarke, um, mm-hmm. that's any, um, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of thing is on display throughout this whole series. Hey, I'm going to go on a limb out here and say that the author probably read Stephen King's Dark Tower series and was like, I need one of those gunslingers in my book. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to have good hair. <laughs> uh, the heart render that we're introduced in this episode when she is being abducted from a hotel room. Mm-hmm. Why is it that the leader of that Fjurgen group doesn't the they don't <laughs> why didn't he get affected by her heartrending power because Bjorgen Borgen. they don't care they don't want <laughs> Grishas at all they 
put them on trial and kill them. Like, mm-hmm. all of them are found guilty. So, if he has a power, I mean, shouldn't he have been killed at this point? Maybe he doesn't have a power. Maybe his secret is that he's always feeling what she tried to make him feel under the surface. <laughs> he's a reverse Grisha. Mm-hmm. Okay, it may be. Maybe he, he just always feels like his heart is being ripped out of his chest. So, <laughs> thus, well, so that, that's, that's why I think the heart render thing is such a it's it's a misnomer. Okay, because like there, there's something to the idea of like um, rending as a different it's, it's a word that is uh, we use it for mostly one kind of purpose, like tearing things asunder, you know. Um, yeah. But it does also mean other things, like render mm-hmm. down or other things like that. Uh, and I think that's one of the cool things for that specific name. Um, it's actually the thing that made me also think most about the comic die. Cause there's a, there's a, a similar kind of like class of person in there. That's an ability where the wording of it can go in a few different directions, mm. but people in that world take that word to mean just ripping in two or other things like that where they know even that the ability is multifaceted because they also use them for what seems like dirty things the first time we're introduced to one Mm -hmm. yeah and she explains that when she's on the boat that i don't just hurt i make people feel good uh, when she i also do you i mean the whole being captured by the bolo like I feel like that's just about everybody that anybody should be able to do it. the the fact that it was his bolo I don't know that the putting the two together didn't seem like it was it seemed like it was more of a leap of logic than it was anything else to me. It's but, because they're gonna fall in love, Mitch. I think that's course. clear. That's that's obviously clear. <laughs> she, she gets to fall in love with her captor. Because that's always a good story. No, I Toxic think, relationships. Yeah, I think she's a double agent in all sorts of ways. I think she. I mean, don't we? We already know she's a double agent because she was going to be the, the way into the palace. Correct. The triple agent. <laughs> yeah, I think she's just all over like screwing everybody. Just over. I'm going to yes. make this world mine. <laughs> Maybe the other way, too. Okay. But she's definitely interested in just screwing everybody over. Yes. Yeah. Um, just blow up the whole system. That's what's going to make her happy. So we also come to learn about amplifiers a little bit more in this episode. So there are objects that can amplify Grisha's powers, but there's also human amplifiers, which is what General Cregan is. Uh, be not Kurgan. Sorry, Kurgan. Yeah, Ben Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> Jawline. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say cheekbones. Cheekbones. <laughs> uh, he he can hold on to her hand and or her wrist and make it so that she her powers are amplified because she at her present moment cannot conjure up the sun. The way that she is can supposed is supposed to, yeah. Well, yeah. at least someone her age who had been trained from a young age to be able to do the do such a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she, uh, we we found out about the I, I guess an older Grisha or the first Grisha that was able to, a mm-hmm. bone smith that he took bones from his own hands and made animals. Bad which is what man. this stag is that she is being in, uh, dreaming about. Apparently, since White step being a childhood, but this is the first time mm-hmm. we've seen it. What'd you say, mm-hmm. wild step? White stag. Yeah. Oh, white stag. Okay. Uh, I, like, I like wild step though. Yeah. Little man. <laughs> 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 uh, so, uh, I mean, I don't know. How do you feel about animals made from human hand bones? It's dumb. <laughs> I mean, I'm still convinced Mal has some sort of Grisha powers, so maybe he's the amplifier. He can, he is also the amplifier. The, I mean, or he's the the bone guy. He's the reincarnation Ooh. of that guy. Ooh. Yeah, or oh. the descendant. That'd be cool. There you go. I just could be descendant. I got so caught up in the thing that they said about the bonesmith mm-hmm. that he's one of the first Grisha. And that he knew that the Grisha were hated and that they would always hate the Grisha. 
if he's one of the first ones, like he, he, it's not a it's not a good enough sample size, bro. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think it might be just you a history just of extrapolate from the fact that humans hate yeah. humans. But as many yeah, racial just... there are in the world right now, like I don't see why they why do we have the whole X Men versus humans like problem anymore? There are so many Grisha and so little humans. Well, if, if, if anything, well, I'm not the, sure that's it's, true. I think the problem is is that we are being shown a very specific slice of this reality. It's it's but, also because we, we're at least made to believe yeah. that the second army or the first army is twice as large, if not more, than the second army, yeah. which is just the Grisha. Yeah, but the Grisha but we, you can take it, any one Grisha, you can <laughs> you can you can take a person with powers can take on three people without powers. Yeah, yeah. I think it's actually also a class issue because the Grisha get to live in the nice palace. True. Well, the first it's it's turned into oh you have magic so you're already above us, and then now you get to live in a palace, eating your cake. <laughs> but that, <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of thing. Yeah, I was gonna say that, that, but that's also a thing now. That was supposed to have been set up by Kirigan. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. so that wasn't a thing before. Yeah, no, but it's made that divide even worse. So I mean, that yeah. you can't yeah, it's it's just history. I just also history. think I think it's I think it's the same thing with the shoe comments. Okay. You know, it's just there's it's a good reason to hate somebody who looks slightly different or is slightly different. I just it like in a situation, well, first and foremost, the thing for um, how many people there are, we know what levels of society can support up to how many people, just like on a mathematical level. People have done studies on that stuff. Um, so it's probably a smaller group of humanity. Um, the, the, se- the second one for that one is that if people really tried to make the Grisha like, go away, it doesn't seem like Grisha only give birth to Grisha, you know, because mm-hmm. that yeah. one guy asks the idea of her. Like, he... Um, Mm. No, so there, there's 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 a thing with um, their abilities. Th- their abilities are either going to be seen as like useful, and they'll be put to work, like kind of how we saw um, like benders get put to work as society advanced in Legend of Korra, yeah. or they'll be hated. And at some point in time, over the amount of time that they've been around, I feel like there would have been a group of them that would kind of get together and defend themselves. Someone else is going to realize, wait, we, we can do this and humans will stop being as much of buttholes or no. we would have had a way worse Grisha versus humans things already. Personally. Hmm. Humans don't do well with imbalance of power at all. So I, I got that one. And ever, this is like from birth. Never will. <laughs> but what would stop General Kerrigan and mm-hmm. you know the the Grisha that follow him just taking out the king and everybody else and his army. Because I mean, right now Kerrigan doesn't see the benefit. Okay, that's fair. I'm just. I mean, saying. that's that's really all it is. I I anticipate that Kerrigan fully intends to overthrow the king at some point and yes. become king himself. Like, yeah, he's, play, he's, he's playing the long con. Yeah, and he's he is playing the long definitely yeah. going to use Alina in that effort if he can get her to take down the fold he can then use her as his figurehead hero and overthrow Mm -hmm. the king to take to try and seize power at some point she's gonna have to kill him or fall in love with him that's right no at some point they're gonna gonna fall in love everyone falls in love she can change him no, no, he, he's gonna, no. He's gonna have to kill him. <laughs> the whole true north thing of this episode that she was saying about Mal, I now know. Okay, it's not a love triangle. I got it now. <laughs> like, well, this is what's gonna happen. Uh, is Kirgan's gonna turn into that? Oh, potential love interest, and then oh, I'm gonna have to kill him. Like, but it's specifically just... in this episode, like as she is being told or manipulated by Kirgan that. Well, mm-hmm. no one else loves you. Like she yeah. comes to realize that all the times that she's made advances towards Mal, he's pulled away. Like it's, I think, <clears throat> was it? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just there's there like well I, here I'll ask this question right now as it stands right now, are you team cheekbones or team Mal? Team Mal. Team Jesper. <laughs> 
<laughs> I also support team. that answer. Uh-oh. Team, I'm team baby goat. <laughs> I'm team knife lady. There you Inej. go. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually, I think I'm really on board for the spiritual advisor who's creepy guy not ending up being <laughs> creepy guy i i kind of like that because i thought you know how he's described and the, like he's a rat or whatever and he comes in and he comes in strong with creepy guy but he's legit just creepy because he likes what he likes like he's like oh you like books but it sounds so we creepy should, and horrifying, but when like, he we actually, should be friends. He yeah, no, he, like, <laughs> oh, you, you like books? He was like, oh, you like books? Yes. I'll help you find a book. Like, he's definitely like portrayed in this episode as like creepy guy. Like, yes, he's he is set to be evil, but like, I really I don't want him is. to like just end up being kind of like a golem. Like, no, no, I just want to be friends. <laughs> You, you know, Gollum was bad, right? Yeah, <laughs> okay, he's, no, it's he's, not. He's Quasimodo then. Quasimodo, he, there we go. Yeah. He just okay. has, he looks deformed and he, he sounds deformed, but he's actually a nice-hearted, yeah. kind-hearted he, person. He's, he's kind he of just, normal, though. Like, he's just, he just comes off strong. <laughs> he's no, just got a like, weird voice. It's a creepy voice. <laughs> it does a lot. It's, it's a creepy voice. He's got some creepy mannerisms. And then you add the fact that he's a priest and you're like... You're creepy. Yeah, you're creepy. <laughs> but I kind of want to just end up being creepy, but a creepy good guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just feel like somebody just needs to tell him, like, you do realize you come on a bit strong, right? <laughs> like, I get it. Like, you're passionate, and the things you're saying are nice, but you come on a bit too strong. We need to work on social signals. <laughs> Say things. It's like somebody <laughs> needed to tell me this like 20 years ago. <laughs> It would have made a big difference in it's my like life. It's like albino in Princess Bride, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he's talking all weird, and then he's like, clears his voice. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. That was, that was strange. Like, <laughs> he just needs to clear his voice out. Clear his throat out. It's, it's a, he, he needs a card, like in, in the movie Joker. Or it's like, hi, I, my, my, my name is like Cecil or whatever. <laughs> like, I just, I really like books. I know I have a weird voice. But... <laughs> Hey, if you want to find books, I'm here for you. Little smiley face on the bottom of the card. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, he very clearly, like, quickly assesses what she's interested in, assists her in finding information on what she's interested in, and gifts her a book because he knows she likes books. Like, there was no pass at her. There was, like, because he literally was like, I want to be friends. Here's what friends do. Gift. Okay, bye. <laughs> like, let me walk you to your next appointment. Like, <laughs> I mean, he could be a lot worse. I mean, we yeah. don't know. But at this point, he hasn't actually done anything wrong. He just comes off as creepy. Exactly. So I really want him to not... I, I really want him to end up being a good creepy guy as opposed to a bad creepy guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's was, no way he's not getting... going to remain creepy the entire show. But I, I almost thought, like, oh, this is going to be the... Uh, the uh, bishop or priest character from the great mm. in a way mm. and I was like mm. oh no he seems like he's actually nice he's just comes off a little weird now do we also got introduction to what I refer to as mother Grisha in this one yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah abusive mother Grisha <laughs> <laughs> how do you get power in YA novels without getting abused really <laughs> like who is no stranger to Chosen One stories. She was Madame Hooch in, what, Sorcerer's Stone? Yeah. And Cassandra in Doctor Who. The, there was a part is where, looking, looking at her, I thought for a second, I was like, is that Holly Flax from The Office? <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's the, no. it's the uh, Professor of Flying, right? Or, yeah. Yes. Madame Hooch. Is that Madame Hooch? Yeah. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the crazy cat eyes, I think. Yeah. Um, I that's I guess that was my hardest things. Like everybody is either berating Alina or like pushing her down, and she's supposed to learn how to use her powers. And as much as we talked about it in the last series or every series that we talked about so far, like throwing more trauma on top of the trauma that they've already gone through is probably not the best way to get them to to work for them, but. 
No, but they're not interested in employees. They're interested in slaves. I mean, quite honestly. Yeah, but they I need think- her to be powerful. They need her power to to work and like just mm-hmm. keep. The ends pain. justify the means. Okay, <laughs> the, but the 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 means that they're doing could just shove down a power. Oh no! Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But there's. I mean, the other thing you have to think about is that every single one of those Grisha, with the exception of General Kirigan, were all plucked from their homes at the ripe age of 11 and shoved into a hormonal uh, orphanage where they were required to, you know, distinguish themselves from the rest of the world. That's all orphanages. (laughs) Well, but they weren't expected (laughs) to be a part, like, most of the time in orphanages, you're you are expected that at some point you're going to leave. You are going to turn 18 and you're going to leave. No, with that part, yes. I'm not talking about a, adoption or happy yeah. homes, or, but you're expected at 18 to leave and go deal in the world. Mm-hmm. These mm-hmm. were all trained, no, you will never leave. You're this is your happy little army. home. This is where you will stay for the rest of your lives and the rest of eternity. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you're going to go die on the front lines for this happy little home. And now we're going to introduce somebody who didn't have to go through all of that because she snuck away. Plus, plus it, they, they build up a culture of individuality. Like yeah. everybody has to be the best of the best as opposed to, I assume in a group home, we kind of work together. Depends. No, that's not, the, that's not the way I've been told by my friends who have been through that system. Unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but she like they were uh, obviously Alina and Mal were able to find each other and they they, they yeah. found friends and stuff like that. Whereas it looks it seems more like in the Grisha school, you're you're pushed to your limits. Um, what what's up? I suppose that's very much for any army, though magical or not. That whole idea of camp is to break down to build back up it's just that this happens significantly longer longer and, yeah, and younger <laughs> and younger mm-hmm. but Which tends to make bigger assholes but <laughs> yes <laughs> no all, all in all I'm, I'm curious to see where we go from here mm-hmm. i don't think this was a good episode though yeah. <laughs> uh yeah no i don't i'm not impressed with the the show yet it's, it's just it's a very jumbled storytelling for me and i don't care for it any other thoughts then if you have any opinions on this episode or any of the shows we talked about this week find us on twitter you can find me on twitter i am at mitchipedia gem gem stands for geek elite media steven where can people find you online you can find me on my brand new url that i was somehow able to secure shift control z.com Wow. That links right back to my website. <laughs> now, is that control spelled out, or do you just do like C T R? And it's it's the it's the full world the full word spelled out. Okay, <laughs> Jessica, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter as J M Bailey writes. John, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Magic Bollocks, and eventually when I secure Alt F four dot com as well. <laughs> Steven's gonna go check if it's available <laughs> right now. <laughs> Elizabeth, where can people find you? You can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media and our Facebook page forward slash Geek Elite Media. Check out our website, geekeliteMedia.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network. And whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, please rate and review us. It helps spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast.